Welcome back to another episode of From the Stands. We are going to hop right into mega moments of the week this week. I don't think there was so many to choose from this week. It was so, a very fun week in football. So I'm excited to see what everybody's mega moment is. All right, my mega moment, and there's a little bit of bias here. My mega moment is the dogs. The Georgia Bulldogs at home, primetime, top 10 matchup against number nine Ole Miss, and we Beat the dog shit out of them in all facets of the game. Special teams, defense, and offense. I mean, we balled out. I was in attendance for the game. The stadium was loud as shit. I don't ever want to hear anybody say that Sanford is not loud again. It's absolute BS. Um, We gave it to them. We held one of the SEC's most explosive offenses to 17 points. The offense put up 52 on over 600 yards of total offense. Very balanced game. A little over 300 yards of passing, right at 300 yards of rushing. The running game finally got back on point. Kendall Milton, um, 127 yards and two TDs, and Carson Beck was efficient um, and still trying to make his case for the Heisman this year. Give me the dogs as my mega moment of the week. My mega moment of the week, and there doesn't need to be any bias here because it's the best player in college football. My mega moment is Jaden Daniels. I mean, 372 yards passing and three TDs, 234 yards rushing and two TDs, 606 total yards of offense from one player, and we score 52 and beat Florida. I mean, I don't know if I've ever seen a a stat line like that in college football before. He deserves the Heisman, and he... He he deserves the Heisman, and I hope he I hope he gets it in New York. That's my mega moment of the week. That's a good one. Um, we know where Jack's going. Where am I going? I'm not going towards. I'm not going that way. Shout out Josh Dobbs, but I'm not going. You're there. not going Dobbs. Okay. No. I, I I'll give Dobbs his flowers when we talk about it more. But he had a great game, but it wasn't a mega moment. So I know who you're going to then. C.J. Stroud. Yep, knew it. Knew it was coming. Has been on a tear the last couple weeks. He can play. He is proving all the doubters who said he had zero IQ wrong um, coming into the season. I was personally not a huge fan of him coming out of college, and he's shutting my mouth real quick. And uh, he led a game-winning drive against the Lance's Cincinnati Bengals in Cincinnati. Um, Once again, had an incredible stat line, 356 yards and, and a touchdown. Didn't have as many touchdowns as he did last week, but it, it's 356 yards on the road against a very solid, capable team in the Bengals. Um, and, and they kind of they kind of had control of this game outside of a 10-minute window, mid, like the end of the third, beginning of the fourth. They, it felt like they had this game under control the whole time, which is really impressive for a rookie quarterback. So I'm going to continue to roll with C.J. Stroud as my mega moment of the week. And uh, Texans are a dangerous team. They're currently in the playoff picture. Let's see, let's see how they can finish. Hey, Lance, how are you feeling about uh, Tyler Boyd over there? <laughs> that was real bad. <laughs> wide open. He's well, our wide receiver three for a reason. He had 117 yards. Couldn't make the game win touchdown. Only because we didn't have T. Higgins. But my mega moment of the week, going to my favorite nickname in the NFL right now, Mr. Big Cock Brock. Oh, okay. I thought you were going after the pastronaut for a second. No, no. Everybody was going in the bye week. They lost three straight. Everyone's talking about maybe they should start Sam Darnold. I mean, Brock Purdy, the magic's run out. Sam, they even called Sam Darnold the next Steve Young. The people covering <laughs> San Fran. Of course they did. Of course they did. 
And then he came out there. He threw for almost 300 yards, three touchdowns, went 19-26, and beat what everyone thinks is a pretty good Jaguars team. So I think he shut everybody's mouth. He's going to lead the Niners to a Super Bowl victory this year. Okay, really, I like Really that. quick before we jump off Mega Moments, I kind of forgot about this, but I would like to give the Dallas Cowboys offense a shout-out. No. Honorable mention. Honorable <laughs> mention. Dak Prescott with 404 and four touchdowns. They Dog, they played the Giants. With Tommy, they played the Tommy DeVito-led Giants. 404 and five total touchdowns. I don't give a shit. That's their, you want to know their two best games on offense this year? They've come against the fucking Giants. I ain't giving no flowers to Dak until the he can beat somebody would, not The Falcons put up 26 against the Giants. Max. They still win, though. I'm not talking about the Falcons. I know, but I'm, I'm just saying, like, if the Falcons won, it'd still be a win. And this is 49 Yeah, okay, points, but the, Falcon, the Falcons, the the Falcons are not considered a Super Bowl contender. The Falcons would have put up, or I mean, not the Falcons, 49 points in an NFL game is still extremely impressive, regardless of the opponent. These are still professional athletes who got drafted and are getting paid millions of dollars to play solid. The defense. Giants suck. The defense is and not it's the hard. And it's hard to play good defense when your offense can't hold, can't, Fucking get first downs because your starting quarterback is Tommy DeVito. The defense isn't the problem. I just think Tommy Tommy DeVito literally said he still lives at home and his mom still makes his bed. Like, and you think dude's gonna come out and ball on the Cowboys? <laughs> I just <laughs> think I just think the Cowboys deserve their flowers. They scored forty nine points. I don't. Joe, we, we shall move on. What's your mid moment of the week, Joe? Mid moment. Let's hear it. Well, some people on this table might not like this. My mid moment of the week goes to. Arthur Smith. Damn it, you took mine. You fucking, <laughs> you fucking asshole. Fucking took my mid-moment. Oh, I mean, man. the dude just does not win football games. That should have been an easy win against the Cardinals. And I Kyler's know, first start back. I know Kyler. Yeah, Kyler came back. But you're coming off with, you lost to Mayonnaise Boy on back in October 29th. Then the next week you lost to Josh Dobbs in his first ever meeting with his team. Didn't even know the dude. He didn't even know the guy's names that he was throwing to. And now you lost... To the Cardinals, who many people thought were going to be the worst people, worst team in the league this year, and they're currently two and five, two and eight, or two and eight, yeah, two and eight. So Arthur Smith, he's got to go, man. He's got to go. Damn, how are you going to take my mid? How are you going to take my team as your mid moment of the week? That was literally my mid moment of the week. I can't take mine. We won, man. All right, we're elite. Uh, you're not elite, but we're in the playoffs. It's true. My mid moment of the week. We're going to the college football realm again. My mid-moment of the week goes to a team that just won their Super Bowl, their version of a Super Bowl. They had their destiny was in their hands. All they had to do was win out against a couple pretty mediocre teams, and they would have been playing in the Big 12 championship game. They they had been playing solid. They'd won, I think, six in a row. They were on a roll. Then they traveled <laughs> to Central Florida and lose 45-3. to We're talking about the Oklahoma State Cowboys. They had a top 10 Heisman contender who was held to 25 yards rushing, who had rushed for over 202 straight games. Their quarterback threw for 225 and three interceptions, no touchdowns. I don't know how you fumble the bag this bad. I think they must have been looking ahead or riding the high of their Super Bowl after beating Oklahoma, but they looked horrible. So the Oklahoma State Cowboys get my mid-moment of the week. This was one of the worst performances I've ever seen. Okay. All right, I got I got mine. Go ahead, Lance, but I found a new one. My mid-moment of the week is going to none other than one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, Mac Attack Jones, <laughs> against 15 of 20 for a 170 and one interception, and it is the third time he's been benched this season to Bailey Zapp, and you don't even – no touchdowns. You lose 10 to 6 to Minshew Mania in Germany. 
Like, I mean, German fans got robbed of a football game. This of two football games. <laughs> you see sucks. how they were promoting the fucking game? No. Tom Brady and uh, and Peyton Manning, they had them in the posters for the because oh, they couldn't put anybody else from either team in the oh posters. Oh, my gosh. God. <laughs> you lose 10-6 to the Colts, and you're now 2-8, and eight, and you have probably the, probably the worst offense in the NFL. You get my mid-moment of the week. All right. That leaves me with... I'm just gonna I'm gonna piggyback on Joe real quick. The Falcons, that's ridiculous, man. I don't know how you do that. Um, you combine for a total of less than 80 passing yards. Less than 80 passing yards. You had two quarterbacks playing that game. You put up. It might have been like 85 yards. I think it was like 85 yards. You put up less than 100 yards passing with Kyle Pitts, Drake London, and Johnny Smith. That's just unacceptable against one of the worst teams in football. But Joe took that one. I got a better mid-moment. Penn State and James Franklin played an absolutely atrocious game against the Michigan Wolverines with no Jim Harbaugh. That was one of the most pathetic performances I have ever seen by a college football team on that field. J.J. McCarthy did not attempt a single pass, a single pass in the second quarter, and they put up 23 points. He threw one pass in the second half, but it was negated due to a pass interference call. So no true passing attempts in the second half. 34 straight rush attempts. And and Penn State put up, what, six points? Uh, 15. They did score a touchdown. Yeah, it was 25-15. You're right. 24-15. You're right. It looked like it was going to be somewhat of a game when Drew Aller ran that ball in. It fell apart. First off, you see a team, no head coach, with two of the best backs in college football and Donovan Edwards – and Blake Corum, you see that they are going to run the ball. They're going to run the ball down your throat. At a certain point, stack the box. Stack the box. They, they haven't thrown it. In 15 minutes, they didn't throw the fucking ball, and you can't stack the box. Not only that, you can't get anything going on offense. It was one of the most pathetic performances I have seen by a team all season. You still had something to play for. If you beat Michigan this still, week. They were still 8-1. and one. There was still, If they beat Michigan and then Ohio State beat Michigan. There were still playoff implications on the line. You still had a chance at playing in your conference championship. You were at home. At home. In a whiteout game. It was a stripe out. Stripe out. Oh, stripe out. In a big game. And you put together just a pathetic performance to improve James Franklin's record against top five teams to 1-10. I believe. So, James Franklin and the Penn State Nittany Lions earned my mid-moment of the week. We need Sandusky back. Oh, Lord. Good God. What a <laughs> statement. That was, that was bad. That was bad. Um, James Franklin, in his career, I believe, is 3-21 and or 3-22 and against top 10 teams. Absolutely pathetic. All right, we're going to hop into just a quick recap of everything going on in sports, some of our you know, favorite moments or least favorite moments from this past week and uh, why we think they're important to the sports world. We're going to start with Browns-Ravens. There's a lot of – it was a better game than I thought it was going to be. Uh, Deshaun finally started to look like the Deshaun of old. Yeah, I wouldn't say that. I mean, it was his best game probably as a Brown so far. Um, 250 passing yards, one TD, one interception, I believe. Um he did enough to get his team to win, is what I'm going to say. They put up 33 points. They're without Nick Chubb, you know, for the rest of the year. Finally got some offense going. Defense played well. It was a good quarterback game 
you know, for both guys, um, two mobile quarterbacks, you put up, you know, 31 and 33 respectively. Both defenses made plays when they needed to. Um, and it really did show that the AFC North is just really good this year. Damn right. You got four teams, well, three teams in the playoffs right now. It looks like the Bengals are going to be out of that playoff picture this year. Uh, the way we have play, a the we way have they're playing right now. We have a favor. We have a favorable favorable back half of the schedule. You've still got to play the Ravens, Cleveland, and Pittsburgh all one more time. And we got to oh, play the Chiefs. Play Pittsburgh twice. We haven't played them yet. Oh, you got to play Pittsburgh twice. Yeah. So that's at least two L's between those four divisional games. <laughs> I think talking about the Steelers. I was like, we ain't there. No chance in hell. Yeah. Them. The way it's looking right now. But. You're going to lose to either the Browns or the Ravens, and you'll lose to the Steelers once. And we got to play the Chiefs. And you got to play the Chiefs. So it's going to be a tough and the back stretch. Um, the Ravens still look, I would say, I would still have the Ravens in my tier two of NFL teams right now. Um, they still they got a good defense. Big loss. Uh, that Jack mentioned earlier in Marvin Humphreys is now out for the season. Yeah, towards Achilles. So that's gonna be that's gonna be a big loss for that defense. Um, but they're still playing good ball. And I I think with the defenses of that division, any of those teams could at least make it past the first round, depending on the matchup. So um second one and Joe touched on this with his mega moment. 49ers Jags. I mean, this is an absolute ass whooping. In every sense of the word, Trevor Lawrence has regressed this year. He's playing really bad football. Um, Calvin Ridley is playing pretty poorly. Two catches for 20 yards, I think, yesterday. Yeah, I need Trevor Lawrence to throw like 16 more touchdowns this year for my underdog for my underdog to hit. Um, Travis Etienne is really the only bright spot on that team right now. Uh, he's running the ball well. The defense is pretty bad. Um, just all around, not a good team. There's a big statement win for San Francisco, though, coming out of that bye week. Needed, um, a, needed a big win, and they got it in a big way. Um, third thing we want to touch on, who is the number one team in college football after this week? Georgia. It's Georgia. close. I, obviously, I'm a little biased, but I'm going to say after routing a top 10 team um, and the way the SEC is shaking out this year, we have a better resume than Ohio State does. Um, whoa, whoa, whoa. No. Ohio State beat Penn State, Notre Dame. And who else? Those are the only two big ones. They beat uh, Penn State and Notre Dame. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's kind of I don't. It just depends on what you value because we beat Ole Miss, who is – we killed them. I don't think Ole Miss is as good as a team as their record, as their record or as their ranking stated. I think they were like the, there's, the there, 19th best team in the country. They, there's not a ton of know. good teams this year, though. Well, their last their – last, Five games were all decided by a possession or less. They won all of them, and they won four of them by three points. Um, and they got bailed out of a couple of them. Like, they took Arkansas to overtime, I think. Um, but, like, if Ohio State and Georgia played right now, who do you think it would Georgia. 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 You think? I, I don't, yeah. I don't think it's a question on who's better. I think it's, like, a question on the resume. Missouri is Georgia's best win. Missouri does look good. Um, but, I don't know. Ohio State... I don't. It's val- really close record wise. At, at this mean, point in the season, wise. I don't value the Notre Dame win. No, it's like, not as valuable. But it was in South it would, Bend. It would which probably carry to me. It would carry the same weight as an Ole Miss win. Yeah. At this point, because Notre Dame has proven that they are literally the most up and down team in college football this year. They're either going to play top five ball or they're going to play, you know, 
like a team that should not be inside the top 25. So They're not ranked right now, are they? They are not. They're, they either play like an unranked team or they play like a top five team. And they played like an unranked team against uh, – or no, that Ohio State game was good. Yeah, they played against – That Ohio State, State game was good. Well. Um, then Penn State is just as mid as mid can get. No, I think opinion. Penn State's actually a really good football team. I think they just ran into buzzsaws in Michigan and Ohio State. They – both held them. They both only lost by they lost by a combined yeah, but seventeen you, you points. You can only, in my opinion, you can only judge like a, as good as a team can be against their best opponents. And Penn State has not showed up in either game. I disagree. Actually, I actually think they played well against both teams. I don't think they played well this past week. I mean, they held they game. held a Heisman contending quarterback to seventy yards. The reason they had to yeah, run but the ball, they didn't. They the reason didn't, they had to run the ball so much. He only had seventy yards because they didn't have to throw it. No, the reason and you can go they, an entire half with only one passing attempt that is negated by pass interference. You got beat in every sense of the word. They were running the ball so much in the second half, um, obviously because they found some success in it. But they because they had no success throwing the ball because Penn State gave JJ McCarthy an average of one point five seconds in the pocket. Their pass rush was absolutely insane in the first quarter, which is why Michigan turned to the run game. Michigan didn't have Jim Harbaugh there, so they had to rely on simplistic run plays for the entire second half, which makes sense, and it was successful, but it was only successful because Penn State succeeded in a in half of the game, which is the pass defense. That's why they had to run the ball so much. Same thing against Ohio State. You put up 15 points, and you got beat by a 19 19- 27 offense. I don't think I, mean, I don't think they're playing against the best defense in college football. In I don't think that's a good look. Michigan's the best defense in college football. And I don't know. You put up 15 and you got again, you got beat by a 1930 style offense. I just I I don't think that was a good look for Michigan or for Penn State at they all. They didn't look incredible, but I think uh, at the end of the year if they were to look back and say, "Yeah, we lost by 9 to the number three team in the country and the best offense. I don't view that as like a a horrible loss. I, I think it's in the grand scheme of things a nine point loss. It's the same as the Missouri loss. The Missouri loss wasn't horrible against Georgia. They lost by nine points. Like it's you lost to the one of the best teams in the country and one of the best defenses. I'm in just the saying Penn State continues to prove over and over and over and over and over again that they cannot win against top ten teams. So, in terms of the top 25, Penn State would be, you know, like 15 to 18. I think, I think Penn State beats more teams in the top 25 than you would think. I think they lose to... I just haven't seen it yet. Uh, and that's that's going to be my argument. James Franklin is 1-22 in 22 against top 10 teams. He's now like 1-10 in 10 against top 5 teams. Uh, they're just... They're not a top... They're, they have not proven that they can be a top 10 team year in and year out. They have proven they can be a top 10 team until they face Ohio State. And then they can be like a top 12 to 15 team until they play Michigan. And then we're right back to square one talking about what are they going to do to actually be a true competitor next year. But the dogs are number one, in my opinion. Um, the Clippers. Seems like James Harden is the new Kyrie Irving of the NBA. He's uh, not new. He's been doing this. He shows up in L.A. L.A. has now lost five straight since the addition of Harden. They are winless. Um, just not a good look. It's going to be the newest the newest Brooklyn Nets. 
It's just you just have four players that need the ball in their hands. The only player that's consistent in catch and shoot, surprisingly, is Russell Westbrook. He's the only player that has a any catch and shoot ability. The other three need the ball in their hands to create space and create shots. James Harden needs the ball in his hand to be successful. Yeah, James Harden cannot catch and shoot. I saw a clip of the, Somebody, the, the corner three. The corner three. He, he stepped was wide into, open. He stepped into contest. He, he, he side stepped into contest. Pump fake defender jumped and he leaned into the defender. Airball and then. Threw up a shot. That was one of those. It's just that was James one of those shot. That no, that's a I'm trying to draw a foul type of shot. But I get what you're saying. Like you pass up the wide open look, looking for contact. That's one of my that's one of my issues with the NBA as a whole now. Is players constantly doing that? Um, but yeah, I just it's. I think PG has learned to play some off ball with Kawhi. But he's still used to being the number two primary ball handler, even when Kawhi is on the floor. Now you've got Kawhi, PG, Russ, and Harden, three of the four who have always been their team's primary ball handler. The only one who was not was Kawhi earlier in his career, like in San Antonio. Um, But, yeah, they are just – let James Harden come off the bench. I don't know. Let him. I think it's an ego thing. He'd be oh, he'd be pissed off. But that's your best. If you want to win games, bring him off the bench. Let him handle the ball. Let him do what he does off the bench. He doesn't have to deal with fighting for the ball, fighting for possessions with the other three players. Let him come off the bench. Even if it's him and Westbrook coming off the bench, that's fine. Like let them do what they do. Let I think you're fine with Westbrook on the floor because early in the season they had proven that Westbrook, PJ, it, Kawhi. It, it's not as much done. of the, it, Westbrook being a problem as it is. It would be. Like, a team of Paul George and Kawhi is good on its own. They are a good team on their own. They're a good tandem. If you have two units with two superstars on each, in each rotation, then... Uh, I, that's tough, though, because then uh, they don't really have anybody else to run the point. Like John Wall. I, I would just have to see what you get out of John Wall. You don't need John Wall to score. All you need is facilitate. You, you just need a facilitator on the floor. That's why they... That's the, pretty much the, all James Harden did last season, anyways. And he's not doing it right now. He wants his shots. Um, they also have all their bigs are hurt. Uh, Zubach has been in and out. Mason Plumlee's out right now. Um, so they're forced to play this small ball where they're where their biggest player on the court's like six nine, and it's it's not an efficient way to play basketball right now, and it's just not working. Uh, I think your best bet is to bring Harden off the bench if you want to be successful, not make him happy. We we shall see. Um, last thing we want to touch on real quick. The Timberwolves, the Minnesota Timberwolves, have the best defense in the NBA right now. I don't know how long that stretch will continue. What I do know is that I think they're going to be a pretty competitive team uh, down this stretch and into the playoffs this season. It'll stretch into mid-June, early July. You've Imagine got, how good they'd be if they had Jimmy fight. Butler on that team. <laughs> and Pat Bev. <laughs> They've got three. Anthony Edwards plays basketball. Harder than almost anybody in the league. The dude plays with a competitiveness and a fierceness to his game that elevates his game way above what his talent is. He's a very talented player, but the ferocity and the competitiveness and just like the want to win that he plays with is unlike that of many guys in the league, and that's why he has been so good. And then you've got Gobert, who was a three-time DPOY. DPOY. 
with Cat, who when he's playing his best ball, is a really good two-way player. You got Nas Reed coming off the bench. If you can continue that, the Timberwolves are going to be a scary team down this st- down the stretch. I think. Don't they still have Kyle Anderson too? Yes, slow mo. <laughs> uh, I hate that guy. What? What's wrong with Kyle? What's wrong with Kyle Anderson? He's got an ugly ass jump shot, but he's the one that got in the fight. When, when he? Yeah, he was the one that. Yeah, it was him and Gobert, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, they called Gobert a bitch. Yeah. Um, any of y'all know who the second highest rated defensive player in the NBA is this year? I think last time I checked, is it a guard? Nope. Giannis, small forward. Oh, small, small forward. LeBron. No. Oh, Hell no. That'd be cool though. Um, Jimmy Butler. Nope. Small forward. Tim Hardaway Jr. <laughs> is no. he like an actual good player, or is he like someone? If who's you if you watch the NBA, you know that this guy is extremely impactful, up and coming, potential to win Most Improved, and extremely good on the defensive side of the ball. Oh well, I don't watch a lot of NBA, so East or West? All, all that went right over my head. West. Last time I checked this like five <laughs> days ago, and he was I think he was number two, number three. Maybe. I don't know. This isn't one of our trivia games, so just go ahead and tell me. Jaden McDaniels. Oh man, interesting. Very interesting. I don't know who that is. I don't want to dwell. Minnesota small forward. I don't want to dwell on that too long. Um, All right, we're gonna move into a new segment for the boys this week. This one, I'm gonna start with contenders and pretenders. Well, thank you for letting me announce it before you before you start (laughs) with. So we're gonna start with a new segment for the boys this week. It is going to be contenders versus pretenders. Lance is gonna give us a few teams um, that the guys can debate. On if they are true contenders or if they are pretenders. And Lance, what's the first team? We've talked about a couple of them already. The first one is the Detroit Lions. Seven and two, second seed in the NFC right now. What 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 qualifies somebody to be a contender? Yeah. Like it's whatever is you it a it's team whatever that could you make the Super Bowl or a team that could win the Super Bowl or a team that make it the NFC championship? Like what is what we'll say conference championship. But it's really whatever you deem like Okay, I'll, I'll my contender, my are, contender are, will be different from your contender. Will be different from Joe's. It doesn't have to be like a, a unanimous vote. Here. One of like if you think they are one of the contending teams in like the NFC or the NFL for pretender. this example, contender, pretender, pretender. I don't think I, they're a great team, great regular season team, extremely uh, unexperienced at the coaching in their coaching staff. They have, I mean, Jared Goff has a lot of experience. Um, rookie running back. Amon Ross St. Brown has never seen any sort of valuable play in his life outside of this season. Um, Craig Reynolds is, or Josh Reynolds has never seen any sort of valuable play. He's on the Rams. They had that but he didn't really play <laughs> when he was on the Rams, at least. He's on my fancy team. The year they went to the Super Bowl? Mm, I think so. I think it came off. Anyway. Maybe it was the year Cup went down. Did he play that year? Or was he another year? I don't know, to be honest. One year he played a good bit because he's on my fantasy squad. Um, I don't know. I, I in a game in a playoff game, I'm taking the Niners, the Eagles, the Cowboys. Um, I would not. I would take the Niners and the Eagles. I wouldn't take the Cowboys. I'd take the. Cowboys. I'm going to say contenders. Um, in what has been kind of a down year for the NFC. Um, you've got like one standout team in the Eagles. You do have the Niners if Purdy can stay consistent. I mean that defensive line is just absolutely insane with Chase Young. Armstead, um, Nick Bosa, and Javon Hargrave. That's one of the best defensive lines that the National Football League has ever seen. So if Brock Purdy can stay consistent, 
the Eagles and the Niners are your top your top teams. Other than that, I think the field is wide open. Um, and the, the Detroit Lions continue to impress me week in and week out. They won a shootout last night, which I did not think if, you know, I picked the Chargers to win that game at home because I did not expect if it came down to a shootout for the Detroit Lions to be able to put up points like that, and they did. They can score both ways. They can score through the air with Laporta, Amon Ra, Jared Goff has proven to be a really good NFL quarterback this year. They can also score on the ground with David Montgomery. And when Jameer Gibbs gets his touches, he has made the most of them. They've got a solid offensive line. And while very young in most positions on the defensive side of the ball, their guys are showing up to play. Um, And that is a team that rallies around their coach, really loves playing for Dan Campbell. So I think in a lot of matchups, they would match up well against most of the NFC this year who has, you know, most teams have just not impressed me. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to say contenders. Really quick. They've played three teams with a record above 500. Just, just I was just looking at this because I was curious. And their point differential is minus 37. They've played three teams, and they're one and two in those games. So, they're basically the, only, the Dolphins. Kind of. A little bit better. The only team they actually have they, they actually have a win against a team with a 500 or better record. It's true. Week one against the Chiefs. But they got blown out by the Ravens, and they lost to the Seahawks. I mean, it was like half a Chiefs squad, though. They didn't have Chris Jones or Travis Kelsey. Yeah, so they won by one point. So I don't. I, I think their record. They played some really bad teams. They played like the Bears. They played the Raiders. They played. Yeah, but you can't hold it against the Lions, and I don't then hold it not against, and then not hold it against other teams. That's, not, that's what a lot of people said about the Eagles last year too, because the Eagles went on a run, and everyone was like, "Well, they." Look at their schedule. Their schedule was easy as fuck. And then it came around to the playoffs, and then everyone was like, oh. Joe, what do you think? Contenders or pretenders? I think they're in the same level as the Cowboys, and I would classify the Cowboys as pretenders because they can make it – the highest they can make it is the NFC Championship game. But the second they play the Eagles or the Niners, whether it be in the wild card, divisional round, or the NFC Championship, they're going to lose. They have zero chance to get past it. It also depends on what Niners squad you get. I don't think it matters. I don't think it matters either. No, uh, it's going to be tough now with that defensive line, dude. There's not going to be a quarterback in the NFL that has more more than probably two and a half seconds max to throw against that defensive line. And with the NFL season we've got, I would not say there's no chance in any matchup. I would say they have a chance in every matchup. It might not be a great one, but... Everyone's got a fighter's chance. Who's your next team? Next team we just talked about a few minutes ago, the Minnesota Timberwolves. I'm going to say... If we're talking like NBA championship contenders, I'm going to say pretenders. There's just too many talented squads out there this year. And currently the Timberwolves calling card is that they have the number one defense in the NBA. I don't think they'll finish that way. Um, Why? I just think they're all playing really, really good basketball right now. I think Gobert takes a little bit of a down tip towards the – as the season continues, Cat um, has always struggled um, in the playoffs, coming up with those big moments. And Ant is still young, um, and I just think there's there's a lot, there's some teams out there that are, that are a lot more talented than the Minnesota Timberwolves. Some of which we still haven't seen get on the floor altogether and really show up like the Suns. I think the Clippers could still be a good basketball team if they figure out what to do with Harden. The Nuggets are still a good basketball team. Um, 
the Pelicans are looking like a decent basketball team, and then you you've still got the East. So I don't think they're true contenders. I think they're pretenders. I actually think they're contenders. Uh, my definition of contenders is the ability to make a conference championship and potentially win it. Like they're in a position to win the conference championship. Um, I personally don't see any reason why the defense can't continue to hold true. Ant is developing into a really, really solid defender. Um, like I said earlier, Jaden McDaniels is a very solid wing defender who will take on your best player and will succeed 90% of the time, obviously, in the NBA. So. Uh, I, that, see, that to me right there is, is is a stretch already. I mean, the kid is a rookie. No, he's not. He's been there for three years. He's a young kid. And I don't think 90% of the time, especially against some of the top talent in the West, in the... He did it Jason Tatum. In the yeah, but you know how I feel about Jason Tatum. You're not saying much to me. Um, in the West, in the Western Conference playoffs, I don't, I don't see a guy like Jaden McDaniels locking up KD or Bradley Beal or Devin Booker or LeBron James or Jamal Murray or I don't see him locking up those guys ninety percent of the time. I think that's a very large reach. Uh, I. I 100% believe that he has the ability to play incredible defense against 90% of NBA players. And we still have Rudy Gobert, who is not as much of an offensive threat as 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 most big men, but that's why we have Cat, who is an offensive threat on all facets of the ball. He's a facilitator. He's the best. He is top two shooting big men of all time. Of all time. Of all time. Name one. He's name one other one that's in contention. He shoots he shoots thirty eight percent from three for a, a big man. He shoots a mid range jump shot for a big man like no one else has ever. He's seen. He's currently, if you're gonna put him due, he's at least right now behind Jokic. Oh my God, that is not accurate at all. He is not a consistent jump shooter at all. That is not true in the slightest. I'm gonna let you continue to ramble on because I know it's your your hometown team. So I'll I'll let you can, I'll let you continue to spew some BS. It's well, what about Wimby? <laughs> Wimby might make it. He might make it. A, he might make it a competition. But if you, I said top two for a reason. Of all time, is insane. Wimby's. Name one other one. One other one. That's but first off. He's not even a big. He's a power forward. He, he's That's big. A big he's six eleven. All right. KD shoots better. Katie's not. Uh, what? Katie's not a power forward. Katie's six eleven. Katie's not a big man. Katie's not a big man. He's a small forward. He's six eleven. He's a small forward. Okay, bro. All right, Joe. What do you got? Well, if we're if I'm classifying it as can make a conference championship like Zach does or like uh, Jack did, I would say contenders because I think they can get there, but I don't think they could. I I think it's going to be basically the Nuggets and everyone else in the West. The Nuggets are going to have. I think the Nuggets are going to. 100% be in the Western Conference Finals this year. But everybody else, I think, is kind of a mix because you got the Lakers at the second half of the season are probably going to make some Legium moves and get back on track. The Warriors are probably going to lose to a, a, a team that's big. Like, if they play the Timberwolves, they probably lose because yep. they just get bodied like the Lakers did to them. And they could, they could definitely make it there. But... I don't know how long they're going to last because I feel like Anthony Davis is a different – Anthony Edwards is a different type of player than 
I'm not a big fan of Cat. I'm sorry, but That's he's fine. he's too he's too zesty for me. <laughs> he doesn't he, <laughs> he doesn't does seem a, like he does have a zest factor. He doesn't seem like him. he wants it. And I feel like Anthony Edwards is the only one on that team that has like a that ferocity uh, that when, that passion, when Kobe mentality to win. I'm just looking at based on because uh, the only ones I know are Cat and Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert. Has a defensive mindset. I won't say he has an offensive mindset, but on on the but defensive like side, like when of his ball. when his player calls him out, he started crying because the guy called him a bitch. I get called a bitch all the time. And I don't cry. That's <laughs> fair. I think they figured out. I think they figured out their chemistry for the most part, though. That was a low moment, though. That pissed me off. That's fair. But I think they figured out their chemistry. I just haven't seen them. I have not seen the Timberwolves produce, even on some of their better years. They always find a way to choke it away or hand it away. And I definitely think they're like, if you get matched up with the, the nuggets in the first round, it's a walking L. We wouldn't match. Up. I think that's any team in the West though. Yeah, I, I would agree. Don't, I don't but see I, us getting matched up with the nuggets. Cause I think the nuggets are going to be a one seed. And I think it'd be higher than a seven. It's eight. also very early in the NBA season to be calling out, you know, who is really going to be good when we haven't even seen what's this segment called? Some of the best. Isn't that players exactly what we're doing in the segment? All on the floor. Um, I mean, I guess, but if we're talking about, like, college football contenders or pretenders or the NFL, you're already, you know, 10, 11 games into the season. We're 10 games into an 82-game season in the NBA. So, say a large difference when they've only played, like, 12% of their games for the season. All right, Joe, you might not be able to give too much insight on this one. Um and I, I put this, I did this one because some people think they should be in, some people think they should be out. Texas? Florida State. Oh, pretender. I'm going to say pretender. Uh, I just, and I'm a Florida, I'm a, after the dogs, my next favorite team to cheer for is Florida State. Um, I don't know. Like their most impressive win of the season was probably LSU in week one. Um, and LSU has proven that they've got a bottom 20 defense in all of college football. I mean, you gave up 35 to Graham Mertz, so no part of your defense is any good. Um, it sucks. You had four sacks, though. Your defense sucks. Your defense is absolutely atrocious, um, and it's gotten a little bit better as the season has progressed, but it's still an atrocity. Um, it's, a, it's really sad, actually, to watch your defense compared to your offense. It's one of the most... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? They are so far on opposite ends of the spectrum. It's it's actually annoying to watch um, for you to score 52 and week in and week out, give up 40-plus. Um, I'd rather be that than the opposite. Like Pittsburgh. Like Iowa. <sighs> like watching your team, your defense has to score a touchdown for you to win, and you win like 10 to ten to 7. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, I mean, obviously offense is more fun to watch, but it's very hard to watch a team with a Heisman can – uh, with a Heisman candidate, a top three Heisman candidate, go out and put up 51 and lose to Ole Miss, who puts up, you know, 52. So, I, with that being Florida State's most impressive win, uh, Jordan Travis hasn't, you know, he looked like a Heisman candidate, looked like a Heisman candidate early in the season. He has slowly worked his way down that board of Heisman candidates. Um, and, you know, Mike Norvell is still a a new coach you know, to Florida State. So he doesn't really have much like pedigree play, under his playoff experience. Under his any belt. Experience. So I'm going to say pretender. I think they're getting beat by all three teams inside the top four right now. I think they're getting beat by Washington and Oregon too. Um, I think Oregon for sure. I I don't. I think they're getting beat by Penn State. No shot. 
Uh, no, I that would be a fun game. Like that is where the twelve team playoff to me would be fun because that would be a fun game to watch. I think they lose to Bama too. Yeah, they lose to a lot of teams. I think they're a pretender for sure. I don't. I don't know about Washington. Just because. I mean, Washington just gave up. How many points did they give up to Colorado? They, Colorado? Just, they just played Utah. They played Utah. Yeah, they gave up twenty eight to Utah, who's had a very bad offense this year. So yeah, um, there's several. There is a good amount of teams in the top ten that you put Florida State up against. They're going to have a very, very, very rough time. Have they played Louisville yet? No, no. no. That's that's it's kind it's, of it's looking like that's, that's what ACC the ACC championship. championship's going to be. I think they could lose that. I think they could, but I don't think I think Louisville's a little. Hey, they beat Notre Dame, man. So and they lost to Pitt the next week. Yeah, that was two one, and eight. <laughs> that one's going to be interesting, though. Like the top four is going to be real interesting. There's still a lot of movement that could be made inside that top four. Conference championship week will be huge. But I do think I do think Florida State is a pretender. All right, for this segment, I have one team left, and it is none other than the Cincinnati Bengals. Contender. I think the games they've lost, they lost um, on a game-winning field goal to the Texans. Great win by the Texans, but I, I don't think you can hold that against the Bengals and say, like, this is why they're a pretender. They played a good game. They've been playing well for the last couple of weeks. They started off slow when Joe Burrow couldn't walk pretty much, uh, couldn't move in the pocket. Lost, they lost the first three yeah, games in the season. Three to start. They're 5-1 they're and one since then. I, I see... No reason why one loss is is the reason they're a pretender. I think they can contend. I think they will contend. Um, it's going to be hard to beat the Chiefs, obviously. Um, and then you, I think the AFC North is just going to kind of kill each other throughout the year. Um, they're going to pack twelve it. And uh, but I think they're contenders. I think they can make a conference championship, and I think they have a chance in a conference championship. I am. This one's tough for me because I have been. On their side all season, I've watched Joe Burrow the last two years start off unreasonably slow, and then start off zero and three in both seasons. This year they took it, you know, zero and three, and it was looking real, real bleak. Um, they are now five and four, I believe. It's going to be tough to even make a playoff spot from where they are currently at right now. Um, they are last in the AFC North. It's going to be hard to make that climb just because I can I see the Ravens kind of maintaining their top spot up there. Uh, the Steelers will find a way to find a way to win nine or ten games this season, and um, you know we might start seeing the Deshaun Watson of old. I think if they can make a playoff spot, they will be contenders. I hope we don't see the Deshaun Watson of old. <laughs> Why is Bertram? <laughs> I, just saw, Dude, I saw that too. I was like, Yo, what the fuck is going on? I don't know. Um, yeah, I hope we don't see the Deshaun Watson. I think if they can make a playoff, I think if they can make the playoffs, they will be contenders. But I'm a little worried about where they're sitting right now in terms of AFC standings, because um, there are a lot of five and four, five and five teams out there right now, and the Bengals conference record is two and two, I believe, or one and three. I also don't think um, the Texans can keep up. Like, I, I think they'll win nine, eight or nine games, but I don't think they'll have a better record than the Bengals at the end of the year. Uh, the Bengals still have a few tough games to play, though. So I'm going to say they are contenders as long as they can figure out a way to win a few games and maybe healthy. they shouldn't in the regular season through the rest of the way, and they make a playoff spot. If they make the playoffs, they'll be contenders. But they got to get there first, and I'm a little worried about where they're sitting currently. They could really screw over a two seed if they get the seven seed. 
And that's what I'm saying. If, if they make really the playoffs, if they make the playoffs, I like them. I am just a little worried about where they currently sit in AFC standings. Yeah. Well, personally, I think the Bengals could be the first wild card to make the Super Bowl since the Giants, the Giants both times. Was it? Were they both yeah, times? Both times. They times they yeah. teams. I think they're definitely contenders. And I mean, I know that they're behind in AFC North, but they're next. They got like four more games against AFC North opponents, I think. And they're just going to climb the rankings because I'm not even so much worried about them in the because I don't think they have it. The Ravens are sitting at what seven and three. Yeah. yeah, I think they have a very slim chance to win the North. Yeah, I think because be of that, game. because of that, I'm one and a half games back. I'm a little worried about just them, making the playoffs. Them making the wild card. Especially but the wild, the wild card teams, two of them are AFC North teams. Yeah, but I think Steelers, Browns, Texans. The, Steel, Browns, the Steelers will find with Mike Tomlin. You'll find a way to to stay in there. You're six and three right now. We did last sh- year. You yeah. should not have six wins currently. Exactly. I, but we've had a winning record the past two or three years and haven't made it to the playoffs. I think. I think one of those two teams will remain a wild card team. Yeah, the, yeah, how the hell y'all keep scratching out wins? I like. I was just thinking about it. Like y'all, I didn't even watch the Packers game, but I know that was abysmal to watch. I didn't watch it. I got mad. They're ugly games. Like they're very ugly games. I don't know how y'all keep winning games? But that's all I'm saying. I think the Bengals will be a contender as long as they make the playoffs. I, st- I think they still have a chance to win the division. They've got. They got to start showing up though. The, chance. the Ravens have the Bengals next week, then the Chargers. They still got the Jaguars, the Niners, the Dolphins, and they got to play the Steelers again. Yeah. At and uh, they play the Dolphins on New Year's Eve. That's pretty cool. That's a hard. That's a hard schedule for the Ravens. Yeah, but they play the Bengals at home. Yeah. The Chargers are. <sighs> the Chargers are so volatile. They could be. I feel like the Chargers could be any any team in the NFL. And also lose to just about any and also, team. Yeah, they could, go, so the they Chargers, could go into Chicago and lose. Or the Chargers go? is so 50-50. And then who do you got after the Chargers? Bye, Rams. And then they play the Rams. That's a win. And they got Jacksonville in. At Jags. That's a win. At Niners. They're going to lose to the Niners. Dolphins. Home against the Dolphins. I think they'll beat the Dolphins. And then home versus Steelers. Uh, Joe, did you win or lose the first matchup this season? One. So you'll lose that one. So you think the Ravens are going to go like 12 and 5, 13 and 4? I think at worst, at worst, they win 11 games. At worst. That means the Bengals got to win six of their last eight. They got to win six of their, that's going to be tough. I don't, I don't see that happening. Not, not when the Texans were able to scrape out a win against the Bengals. It's not a fun schedule either. So like I said, I, I'm gonna stick. I'm gonna stick with mine. I think they are contenders as long as they make the playoffs. But they do have a. They did not set themselves up well for the second half of the season to make the playoffs. No, they did not. All right, we will move on from that. We've got one more news. Well, we've got two more news segments, but we're gonna kind of just jump through this one real quick. All right, overreaction, not an overreaction. What do you got for us? Now, this does not mean I agree with these takes. These are just takes for y'all to put your opinion on. I did not. These are not my ideas. Clippers missed the playoffs. Mm. Overreaction. I'm going to say overreaction. Are we, wait, wait, wait. are we qualifying 
the top just make six? the playoffs. No, no, playing, no, playing play counts. Oh, okay, like you have to like be one, one of the, you have to be one of the eight teams in a playoff series. I think they can still do that. Yeah, overreaction. Yeah, I'm gonna, say over, yet. I'm gonna say overreaction. They still got too much talent on that team to be that bad. Yeah. Next one, the Mavericks finish as a top three seed in the West. Not an overreaction. Very possible. Not yeah. an overreaction. Not with the way Luka's playing and the fact that him and Kyrie have found a way to jail. Y'all are going to love this one. Best quarterback in the NFC is Dak Prescott right now. Shut the hell up. Overreaction. <laughs> Overreaction. <laughs> Hurts. Overreaction. Hurts. Does Josh Dobbs count? <laughs> Give me Dobbs. Hurts no. uh, is better. Hurts is Dak. miles better. Alabama is a national championship contender in not college no football. at all. Not an overreaction. That defense is Not with so the defense. Good. And not, not with Saban. I'm going to say not an overreaction. You've got Saban, and you've still got, uh, you know, true-to-form Alabama defense. Tommy Reese has finally found a way to instill confidence in Jalen Milrow, which is a very dangerous thing for an Alabama team. Really? Yeah, uh, it did not help that you guys let him run for four touchdowns against y'all. So you did, you did the whole country a disservice. Thank you. Well... Mississippi State or whoever he played last week gave up six. Yeah. So at least we didn't do that. Sure. I mean, I, I think Alabama. I think Alabama's going to beat Georgia in the SEC championship. All right, really? so shut, up. <laughs> shut up, Joe. <laughs> so Joe does not think it is an overreaction. Sure. Last one. 49ers are again the the favorites in the NFC. Mm. Overreaction. Um. Uh, are we talking about just right after this game this past weekend? Like that's they are now the they are now the current favorites in no, the NFC. Overreaction. The Eagles are still the favorite. The Eagles are going to be the favorite for the rest of the season. I don't think there's anything the Eagles are going to do. Maybe maybe if they get blown out by the Cowboys next time they play them and then the Vegas meat riders will jump on Dallas. Because um, the Eagles have a very um, – Well, not even, not even just that. The Eagles' defense, not as good as the 49ers, but it's, it's up there. It's comparable. Their offense, in my opinion, is much better. Than the 49ers? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I agree. I don't think it's... You've, I don't you think got a mobile good. quarterback. I don't... Well, I wouldn't say it's much better. You've got a mobile quarterback. I think their passing game is much better. Their running game is... And you've got a top... You've got a top three wide receiver by the stats both, right now of A.J. Are, Brown. Honestly, I think they have the two best offensive lines in the country. One and two. Well, the Eagles were... Eagles were using Swift real well at the beginning of the season, and they just yeah. stopped using him. He still got over 600 yards this season. Yeah, but like in the game against the Bucks, he had like over. I think he, he had, had 172 like, yards. He yeah, had like 25 was, carries in that game. They were in Tampa. It was raining. That was kind of a sloppy game. They all should around. get back to using him so they have a more balanced attack. But right now, it ain't fix, It ain't broke, so don't fix it. Nope, they're eight think, and one. I still think the Eagles are the favorite. Faux show. All right. What's the loss? I forget. The Eagles. The Jets. <laughs> the Jets. That horrible game. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, last new segment of the week. We're going to start finishing off every pod like this, and I think it'll be enjoyable for you guys. If you like spreads, if you like over-unders, if, you know, if you're betting on money lines, you might want to take a look at some of these games. These are the FTS upsets of the week. I will start because I think mine is the, the least popular. You said we have the same one? I have three. You have three? Yeah. I think mine is the least popular. Mine for the week... Take it or leave it. It's going to be the Las Vegas Raiders at the Miami Dolphins. The Raiders are now 5-5, five and five, so they are a 500 team, which is um, when the Dolphins look at that, they kind of shit themselves. They're like, oh, my God, a team that actually, you know, has as many wins as they do losses or more. Um, 
the Raiders are not a fun team to watch. It's not a pretty team to watch. They are not going to beat you down the field constantly with Aiden O'Connell and put up, you know, 30 points. However, that's a very scrappy defense with a DPOY candidate and Max Crosby who's playing some really good football. The running game, Josh Jacobs has found new life. Finally had 100 yards last night against the Jets, which we all know is a very good defense. Josh Jacobs is better when Jimmy G's not the quarterback. Aiden O'Connell is playing, has Everyone played well enough. Jimmy G's not the quarterback. Huh? Everyone's better when Jimmy G's not the quarterback. Aiden O'Connell <laughs> has played well enough in his two starts in these last two games to get the Raiders wins. I think the Raiders have an opportunity to continue their hot streak. They can still make the playoffs where they're sitting at right now to go into Miami, get into his face, disrupt the passing game, and do just enough against them. You know, a, not a bad, but not a good. It's a pretty mid-level NFL defense in Miami and shock the Dolphins at home. That would be my upset of the week. That one's wild. Mine is not as egregious as that one. I'm going down to college football for my upset of the week. I'm taking Miami at home to beat nine and one Louisville. I don't. <clears throat> I don't like that one. Miami is six and four. Louisville's nine and one. But I just don't really trust Jack Plummer. He's not great. Tyler Van Dyke is. He he would be better on a better team. But he's on Miami, so, you know, he only has so much to work with. And it is a home game for Miami. Louisville has not played great as of late. I think they just snuck out a win on Saturday. So I'm going to take Miami to play spoiler for the ACC championship and beat the Louisville Cardinals. Um, I wrote down three, all in college football, just because that's where I'm at. Yeah, I'm not taking any years, don't worry. Um, Louisville, Miami was one of mine. I think Louisville has a legitimate chance to win. Um, out of the next, I mean, two I mean pick, Miami's a legitimate chance to win. Out of your next two, pick your favorite. You only get one for the week. Mm. Mm. Good question. Um, my favorite is Arizona State to cover the spread against Oregon. Um, I think it's gonna be close. I think it's gonna be closer. They're three and seven. Arizona State is, so it doesn't look pretty, but. Arizona State has always given Oregon trouble. Or Arizona State dashed Oregon's playoff hopes two years ago. Um, that was with Jaden Daniels. Yep. And <laughs> I think that um, they have a legitimate chance to keep it close. Obviously, it's a sprinkle upset if they get blown out. You know, whatever happens, happens. It's Oregon. It's a top four team in the country, in my opinion. But if it's going to happen, I think it's going to be against this team. I think this is where they stumble if they do. So I'll take Arizona State to keep it close with Oregon. Okay, so for this segment, is there like a, a limit on the like how small the, the spread thing is? No. No, you can pick. because my team is an underdog. Because the spread on that game is one. Okay, well, mine's one and a half, so I feel better than that. You're good. This team, they've gone through some trouble this year, but they're on the come up. One of their superstars, the mega superstars of the league, is ramping up to come off of the injured reserve. This Sunday night, when the Vikings take on the Denver Broncos as an underdog, in Denver. <laughs> I don't know why the fuck we're an underdog. <laughs> the Broncos are favored? Broncos are favored by one and a half. Josh Dobbs is going in there and wrecking That's shit. The f- you, found the be- you found the best one of the week. I mean, I don't think that they are. The news, I guess, just came out that, I, I guess, J- 
Jefferson's might be coming back this week. Maybe yeah, that's he, why he answered his 21 days like six days ago. So, so Josh Dobbs is going to outplay Russell Wilson. He's going to destroy that Broncos defense, which isn't too good to begin with. I'm not sure why it's a Sunday night game. But, yeah, because everybody wants to see the pastor not live. That was, I guess. That was a fantastic pull, Joe. Very good. I'm going to give that one a little golf clap. I think they win without <laughs> Jefferson, even if he doesn't come back. Yeah, I still think they win. Um, all right. A little bit of a new format today for the boys in the pod. We're going to try to keep most of these segments going. I like them. Uh, the boys like them, and it's a good way to kind of keep the pod moving. Um, if you made it this far, we appreciate you listening to our sick asses. Um, if you <laughs> couldn't tell me, Lance, and then Jack, not so much sick, but we were at the Georgia game on Saturday night, and we were screaming. Um, so me and Lance very nasally, Jack missing a little bit of his voice. So if you listen to us this far – we really appreciate you guys. Um, we're out every Thursday morning. YouTube, Spotify, and Apple. Check us out on TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube Shorts, all that good jazz. We appreciate you guys for tuning in. We will see you next week. Peace.